you might be in a situation where you're getting out of the military, you don't have an opportunity. So developing your personal brand first and foremost is absolutely essential. And when I say brand, I'm talking about how do you articulate your value? What are the values you live by in your personal life, right? You know, you live by trust, you live by camaraderie. What are the things that people actually care about? Hey everybody, I'm your host Robert Woods. Thanks for listening to the Knight's Tale podcast where we dig into the tips, tools, tactics, and mindsets required to make a smooth transition out of the military. The goal is to provide a platform for some truly inspirational, top-notch veterans to tell their stories and amplify the fact that the military has some of the most amazing people for any career field. We're also building a bridge between amazing veterans and the businesses that wish to work with them. So today we have a special guest whose name is Jesse Fry. Jesse is a marketing strategist that helps businesses reduce content fragmentation in their marketing, messaging, and content. Jesse is truly a master of marketing. You can tell that he loves what he does by the way that he brands himself and that he's committed to providing a high level of value to the businesses and the people seeking his help. I'm glad we were able to get Jesse on the podcast to drop some precious jewels of wisdom on how he approaches his job search, branding, and much more. So here's our interview with U.S. Coast Guard veteran, Jesse Fry. Jesse, how are you doing today? Good, Robert. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Pretty good. Would you mind letting people know like your story and where you're from and things like that? Yeah, sure. So I uh, grew up in western Pennsylvania outside of Pittsburgh till I graduated high school, joined the military Coast Guard. So I'm a Coast Guard vet. I joined in 1995, did some time, you know, did my four years, then got out, was a reservist. And I've worked in a variety of capacities in sales and marketing over my career. Now I reside in the mountains of North Carolina. You know, I was working a W-2 job until September 7th uh, and was laid off. So now I'm in the transition of either A, deciding to take another W-2 job somewhere or B, to actually go back out on my own as I once did before. Okay, awesome. So what's the W-2 job? On September 7th, I was working as a director of client services for a marketing agency. So, you know, W-2 is just a, you know, you're working for someone else. When you're working for yourself, it's a 1099, right? So all the government documents, you know, DD-214 when you're in the military, it's a W-2 when you're working for the man, as they say, right? <laughs> right, right. So like when you were transitioning out of the military, what was your, what was your mindset like? What were you thinking? What were your plans at the time? My situation was probably different than I've read a lot of people on Facebook groups, LinkedIn groups of the challenges that they're facing now. Mine was a little different. Um, when I was getting out, I had actually a job, I had a position with a defense contractor. I worked at the Space and Naval Warfare System Center in San Diego as a Coast Guard Navy contractor working on command and control systems. So I was lucky that I actually had something at the time. But I still struggle because when you're changing jobs every two years in the military is what I did in the Coast Guard, you pretty much move to a new unit every two years. That mindset was difficult to come into the civilian world because I got bored very quickly. Uh, working <laughs> in a military unit, Coast Guard unit, doing search and rescue, drug enforcement operations, and then you go to a nine to five job, I was bored out of my mind in my first year and a half. <laughs> right. That's awesome. Like... 
the same thing. You know, I was looking on the the Veteran Mentor Network and other things, just seeing people kind of struggling a little bit to to find an opportunity. It's cool that you got something right out of the gate. And what kind of skills would you say really helped complement your, or things that you learned in the military that helped complement your career outside of the military? That's a great question. And I think that's probably one of the biggest challenges that a lot of military people have is that they don't necessarily know how to translate that military experience with business experience or whatever Mm -hmm. field that they're interested in. For me, I joined when I was 19. I, I waited a year and then joined. My first supervisor position was whenever I was 20 years old, right? So I was managing a combat information center on a Coast Guard ship. You know, we had probably 250 people on the ship. It was very high stress. You work 12 on, 12 off pretty much six months out of the year. You know, the skills that I took from that was really being able to handle stressful situations, being able to decipher information quickly and make decisions on the moment, right? Many people that don't have military experience, they don't have those skills. They can't make decisions quickly because in the military, your decisions are life or death in some situations. Sometimes it's life or death for you. Sometimes it's life or death for your unit, life or death for civilians. And I think that's a skill that a lot of military people don't necessarily take to the table. I was managing a team of people in my last role and they were always stressed out. Like every day they were stressed out. And I always said to them, nobody's dying, right? Like when <laughs> if, 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 if the IT system goes down for an hour or the phone system goes down for an hour or if the marketing campaign doesn't work or you don't hit your sales number this month, nobody's dying, right? And right. so I think sometimes it's not always the hard skills, right? It's, it's not the computer typing skills or the mm. Cisco networking skills if you're in networking or the sales skills. I think it's those soft skills that I think more military people need to actually put in their resume that they're capable of doing. And when they're interviewing and having those conversations with the interviewer of like, these are the situations I was in. You don't have to be graphic. The more graphic you are, the worse. I think you need to... <laughs> because they can't relate. But I think it's stepping back and being able to say, you know what, I can think on my feet. A lot of people are indecisive, but I'm decisive. I can make decisions quickly. I can think outside of the box because anybody in the military knows that the government tools that they give us aren't always the highest quality tools. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But we have to work with what we have, right? Those are some of the things that I've always taken to every job that I've ever had. And I, even I've started my own business at one point, and uh, I use those same skills in that role as well. Right. It seems like you've had so many great opportunities and experiences, especially to lead. And you mentioned that you were in a director position just a few, a few weeks ago. ago. Yeah, a few months yeah, ago. A few weeks um, ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to know what kind of jewels or gems can you give people in terms of marketing and really positioning a company or a brand to get to where they want to go. Yeah, I mean, there, there's so much out there, right? Before we started, I was talking about some of the things that I'm personally doing, right? So right. I think we have to look at our personal brand first. You know, a lot of the people listening to this, including yourself, right? Mm-hmm. You might be in a situation where you're getting out of the military, you don't have an opportunity. So developing your personal brand first and foremost is absolutely essential. And when I say brand, I'm talking about how do you articulate your value? What are the values you live by in your personal life, right? You know, you live by trust. You live by camaraderie. What are the things that people actually care about? 
And I recently took a course. The course is through a, a company called StoryBrand. You can go to storybrand.com and they teach really basic methodologies on marketing messaging. And it's all about trying to get into the mind of the internal feelings that people have. What are the internal problems? So if you're actually out interviewing for a job, think about like, what does that interview really care about when they're hiring you? They care about whether or not that if they hire you, are they actually going to look good to their management team if you are awesome, right? If you're an awesome employee and you're going right. to be able to actually do everything they want to do and you blow it out of the park, it makes them look good, right? Mm -hmm. So yes, you have to have a lot of those tangible skills. And if they're looking for all those qualifications in the resume, those are all important, but being able to brand yourself and brand your business, right? If you're branding your business that you actually brand the story and that you're telling people not what you do, but like why. There's a video everybody could go to. Just Google Simon Sinek, start with why. And he wrote a book called Start With Why. You don't even need to read a book. Just watch this 30 minute video on YouTube, start with why. And he talks about like why you do what you do, not how you do what you do. As a military person, if you go into an interview and you only tell people the how and the what you did in the military, not your why story, nobody's ever going to really believe you. If you tell the why, you're going to connect to them on an intellectual and emotional level. And that's why people buy things. They buy things based on intellectual and emotional connections. Wow. That's amazing. So what types of tools do you use to try to reach out to companies? I remember you mentioned that there's some things that you're doing on LinkedIn in order to get your resume seen. What, what were you using? Yeah. So I've done quite a bit. I ran actually Facebook and LinkedIn ads. I spent about 150 bucks running those ads. You have to be very targeted. You can sometimes even target specific companies. So if you can narrow down your search to you know, if, if you were a logistics person in, in the army, you know, maybe you're going to look for companies where your skills in the army are going to apply to something specific, right? So you look for companies that might have jobs open in your skills. You can actually run Facebook ads. They have to typically be graphic. You have to keep your messages to a minimum. You could have them linked to your Facebook page. I actually created a website, jessejfry.com. They go to that website and they actually have a landing page that tells about me. I have my resume on there. It got in front of over 1,300 people in the first two weeks. Wow. And uh, on LinkedIn, I had people clicking and looking, people connecting with me on LinkedIn, you know, and I've had interviews. One of the things that we didn't talk about is like, I always kind of believe everybody has to have a side hustle. Even when I was working in my last job, I had a side hustle making money. So when I was laid off, I'm not like in that desperation mode, right? Um, <laughs> so I can be a little picky as to what I'm actually selecting. Some of the other tools you asked, like post articles on LinkedIn. You know, if you're on LinkedIn, they have the ability to post a post and post an article. Click article, write a post, make sure you check it for grammar and, and typos. You could use Grammarly.com. I think they have a free version or it's quite cheap. Check your grammar when you're typing stuff, right? Even me as a marketer, I still make mistakes. Check your grammar, write an article about a topic in your field that you're looking for. So if you're a IT person looking for an IT job, write articles about things that you know about. If you were in the military, you know, write articles about your experience in doing what you did. If you were leading people, talk about leadership, talk about the, the people you led and, and how they changed because of how you led and how you saw other leaders and, and give kudos to other people. That's all that personal branding piece, right? Mm -hmm. So the LinkedIn ads, Facebook ads, if you don't have any money, obviously that 
that doesn't work. But there's other things that you could do is like Twitter post, LinkedIn post, Instagram post, all linking back to your LinkedIn profile or your Facebook profile and have your resume up there. Make it easy for people to see your resume. Right. That was gold right there. <laughs> and I, I feel like you're a master of marketing and branding, especially when I go to your website, right off the bat, you let people know what you're about. You say, I am not a general marketer. I have spent the last 10 years in product and content marketing roles. This is not a uh, run-of-the-mill guy. I'm not entry-level, so please don't, don't assume that. <laughs> um, right. And then at the bottom there's a link to schedule an interview with you. I don't think I've seen that before. Is that something that you, did you pick that up somewhere or did you just realize that, hey, this is a good idea, I should do it? A lot of companies do it. There's a lot of tools out there. Calendly.com. I use Meeting Bird. They're all free tools. So everybody could use these free tools. There's a lot of free places you could create a website of your own. They're very easy. I use Squarespace. I think I paid $49 a year for my website. Now I had to buy my domain. You know, I bought that on GoDaddy for probably a buck 50 or something. And then I had to pay hosting. But I look at it this way. There's like always a little bit of an investment. I'm willing to make an investment in order to be where I want to be. So I don't want any job. If I'm going to go and work for somebody else, I want to work for somebody I'm going to admire. I want to work for a brand or a company that I'm going to admire because it's going to give me purpose to wake up in the morning and actually want to be there. If you start your own business, you could use Calendly to have people, you know, call to action, have them schedule an intake meeting for you, spend 15 to 30 minutes for free talking about what they're looking for and the challenges they're looking for. And so I look at a job search, I'm selling myself, right? So it's not just a job and it's exhausting, right? You've done it. Many of the people that are listening They've done it too, right? It, it's exhausting to look for a job. So you might as well put forth the time and effort and treat it as you're, you're branding yourself, you're selling yourself. And you know, I once had a guy, I applied for a position and they had just filled the job like three days before. Mm. He said, man, I, I really am sorry. He said, I looked at your resume. Your resume is amazing. And he said, it's one of the nicest resumes I have ever seen. And I've seen a lot. And I said, well, I'm a marketer. If my resume doesn't look damn good, then like, what, what am I doing here? Right. And he's, he's like, all right, touche. I, I understand now. Wow. I feel like you can make lasting impressions, you know, just with your brand alone. That's awesome. Even if you don't get the job for yeah. a company off the bat, right? It could be a connection that you can create that may be beneficial to you at some other time in your career. So I always, I always look at every interaction that I have as always a potential for a friendship, for a connection. Maybe I could help them at some point in my future. In marketing, it's no different. People buy from companies that they believe and trust. They want to buy from people that, that are good, right? There's some crappy people out there that want to buy crappy products from crappy people. But the reality <laughs> is, is we, we all want to buy good things from good people so it's like, do you want to hire somebody that's good and that's really thoughtful and creative? And if I'm a marketer, I have to sell myself as a marketer. Right. So you mentioned making sure you get to where you want to be. You don't just want to get any job. Do you have a specific vision of what kind of job or what kind of role or business you want to work in? Yeah. I mean, I worked for General Electric for seven years. You know, that was a multi-billion dollar corporation. For me, 
I do coaching three days a week with a, you know, a life coach. I wrote down what, like, what is my ideal? What's my dream job, right? You know, there are certain types of companies. There's companies that, you know, typically are a little bit bigger than a startup company because they're a little bit more financially stable. I've been laid off twice in the last five years because the companies aren't necessarily financially stable. So companies that are, you know, 10 to $100 million, companies that are delivering technology products because I'm a technologist uh, at heart and working for someone that actually has ethics and morals. I mentioned earlier that you have to admire the person that you're working with. So for me, I do research a lot before I interview. I I don't just research the company. I research the employees, the CEOs. I try to find videos of the CEO talking and just look at what what is their bigger mission? Uh, Do they serve a higher purpose? You know, uh, such as do they give back to their community? Do they donate a certain portions of their proceeds to a nonprofit or, or other type of organizations? Do they offer a program for their employees to volunteer in their community and give them time off, you know, eight hours a month or four hours a month or something where their employees can volunteer for an organization of their choice? So I don't just look at the type of company in the industry. I really look at like the whole company. Because I've worked for a lot of really great companies and I've worked for a few really lousy companies. And finding a company that has a higher purpose, you ultimately end up being happier there. That makes perfect sense. And it sounds really practical. And I think that's, that's great advice. And you mentioned having a coach. You know, I, I myself have like two coaches, business and personal, but I wanted to know your experience with coaches, you know, how you approach that situation. Right. My coaching is a little different, whereas it's actually bi-directional coaching, which basically means it's a peer. It's somebody that has experience, they're a professional, and I coach them every other day. And so like we meet Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Like if I coach him on Monday, he coaches me on Wednesday. And what that allows you to do is it gives you a different approach to the coaching. And there's a lot of books out there on what types of questions to ask if you're coaching. But what's great about that is you can hire a coach and they'll charge you whatever you know they charge per month. I've had that before as well. But I found that when you find another peer that's willing to do peer-to-peer coaching, they hold you accountable more frequently and they really get you outside of your box. But when you're coaching them, you actually are also coaching yourself in that process. <laughs> and you actually, you'll ask yourself a question like my peer that I'm coaching, I asked him a, a really tough question the other day, looking at his stress level. I asked him like, if you were to you know, rate your current stress level on a scale from one to 10, where would it be? And he told me it was a five. And I says, is that higher than it normally is? He said, it actually is. And I, I challenged him to look at the areas of his life, his business, he has multiple businesses, look at the areas of his life and find things that he can either stop doing or offload to someone else. And that was something I end up, I was like, wow, that was a good question, Jesse. I need to do that myself. I immediately wrote down things that I wanted to do. So I've done the, you know, one-to-one coaching, business coaching, um, but I found the peer-to-peer coaching is actually, um, can tend to be a little bit more successful for me personally. Mm, that's awesome. So yeah, and what you said reminds me of the Ray Dalio approach to just being radically honest, but always asking questions. Because, you know, when you ask really good questions, you typically get thoughtful answers. And I feel like that's the way that you make the most progress. 
A friend of mine wrote a book called Asking Powerful Questions. It's one of those books where it really breaks down the, it almost dissects questions and how to have powerful co- like communications and conversations. Actually, I think it's called having, How to Have Powerful Conversations. But it's a great book in just thinking about how do you actually have powerful conversations and, and how do you approach questions? How do you approach empathetic listening, right? Like being mm. empathetic in your listening and, and uh, being able to just listen and ask questions, right? Yeah, that sounds like a cool resource. What's the name of the I mean, what's the name of the author? Will Wise. That's cool. And I'm sure, you know, you have to you have to jump soon. But um, I wanted to, you know, just ask you if there was anything that you would say to the person that's transitioning or uh, in a similar position as as myself or you. Like, what kind of advice would you give them as far as how to advance their career or their business? Doing a little introspection first is really key. Making sure that you really ask yourself the questions of what you're going to truly want, you know, to be happy, right? That's the first step. The second step is to be patient. I saw a gentleman online. He, he was looking for jobs for, for months now. And, and he said that he's not getting out of the military for six months. And uh, I responded to his LinkedIn posts and I said, you know, the people that are looking for, you know, that have job openings today, they're not looking for somebody that's getting out of the military four to six months from now. Um, so <laughs> I, I would say be patient. When you're about 60 days out, that's when you want to start applying for jobs, right? Because most companies, it takes 30 to 60 days to bring people through, you know, from taking applications to, to going through and to be persistent, right? What I mean by that is uh, if you apply for a job, go to LinkedIn, look for the person that uh, might be there that might, might, the keyword is might be the hiring manager and request a connection and write something in the connect. Don't just say hit connect, say, hey, I'm a transitioning military professional. I'm looking for an opportunity with your business and I'm really interested in, the, in this type of opening. And I know you may not have anything now, but I really like to open dialogue with you because I admire what your company's doing. And just be very concise and simple and, and just be persistent and be, you know, be patient and uh, don't get frustrated because you know what, you're going to get rejection letters. You're going to get automatic rejection letters because your resume doesn't have keywords. Most people, they don't know this, but your resume is not always looked at by people. It's looked at by computer systems. So you have to, I would say, go and look at, there's a term I don't know what the term, the acronym stands for, but it's ATS, resume format. I think it's application tracking system, uh, you know, resume. And you, wanna, you want one that's very basic because if you put your resume in and, it, and it's all over the map, your data doesn't get put into their application system automatically and then it will automatically get rejected. Mm. Um, so that's, that's something a lot of people aren't aware of. So that's, that's one tip. And the other tip is just like be yourself, right? When you go into an interview, be yourself, be open, be honest, not too honest. Uh, the one thing I, I realized when I was getting out of the military is I had to change some of my ways. What you get away with in the military, you may not get away with in the civilian world. So <laughs> I, I think being able to, you know, kind of adapt your, your personality a little bit to the civilian world, it does take a little bit of change. And it took me a few years to figure that out. That makes so much sense. And um, Jesse, man, I really appreciate your time today on this call. And I'm, I'm sure uh, the listeners have gotten some value from your, your words of wisdom. And I really look forward to hearing about your next role and your next opportunity to see how that goes. 
Yeah, I appreciate it. And I would definitely encourage anybody that that's looking, connect with as many people as you can. Don't be afraid to, you know, connect with others. Connect with me um, on uh, LinkedIn. And, you know, if I can help you, you can help me. I think that's like, you know, especially for military people, like whether you are former Marines, Army, Air Force, Navy, Coast Guard, we all make fun of each other, right? And we, and we have, <laughs> I, I once saw something that we're entitled to that, right? We're entitled to make fun of each other. Civilians can't do that, but we are entitled to do that. But at the end of the day, we all served a higher purpose, right? Which was serving our country, being part of, you know, a brotherhood, sisterhood inside of the military. And I think at the end of the day, you know, we had each other's back in the military. We have to think the same way in the civilian world. Wow, that's awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have been blessed with the opportunity to speak with Jesse Fry. Thanks a lot, Jesse. Thank you, Robert. Thank you so much. You too. Have a good day. You too. Bye now. Bye.